Yo, 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 yo. So welcome to this very special podcast and podcast and podcast and podcast and podcast. We created a matrix of all these incredible podcasts today and live streams today. And right now I have uh, a matrix of all these incredible podcasts. Now, anybody that's playing in the background, pause that. There you go. And so, yeah, this is first I should say, welcome to Beat People Podcast, episode 66, which is also the kickoff of the inaugural Synth Society Summit, annual Yay. first number one. <laughs> 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 so it's good to be here with everybody. And uh, actually, this is a sort of special thing. Uh, D Still and Ken maybe joining here shortly so don't be surprised if they pop in on us but i want to say a couple things first welcome for the first time to ron of sleepy circuits thank you hey ron thanks for having me ron 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 Ron. yeah we're going to talk about his modules and stuff and then i got obviously uh traversi and i got sean and they're on that side yo what's going on and then I don't know how many of you all remember the very first episode and probably for the first year there, Upright was a regular panel member on the Beat People podcast. It's good to have you back, bro. Yo, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And we got Ken and uh, we all know who Ken is. Ken Flux Pierce. Welcome back to the show, my man. I'm doing finger points today. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, man, this is going to be like a fun sort of weekend of a lot of cool stuff. Let me just kind of prime people. Um, What we decided to do uh, uh, with SoCal Sim Society, Traversi, I said, yo, Traversi, we were all planning on going to Super Booth, and we're not because the world is upside down right now. And so this is our little way of, of... right-siding the world back up, <laughs> giving everybody a little something for all the synth nerds and beat nerds and, you know, music tech folks out there that, uh, you know, we're all kind of in isolation, quarantine, or safer at home kind of stuff. I don't want to get too much into that, but I do want to just say that this is our way of kind of giving back to the community and kind of giving, sharing our platform with everybody to kind of uh, know what's up and and see what's going on. And, and one, there's a lot of synth societies across the world and so we wanted to get together with with everybody and just talk about a lot of stuff tons of stuff this is basically a virtual scent conference and so with the beat people podcast 66 is the kickoff of that and so there's a lot more stuff to come this weekend and i hope you all join in and enjoy the fun and so uh with that i'm just gonna start the show then so ken what you eating on over there man we want some if you didn't bring none for the whole class. Yeah. I want to tell you something that I learned today. Okay. Apparently, you're not supposed to eat until you're full every time you eat. Hmm. And I'm struggling. Oh, yeah. No, you're not supposed to burst your stomach with food, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm struggling with this concept. And apparently, there's this thing called dieting that my wife wants me to do with her. And I'm. It's all bad. So I'm not actually eating anything. Oh, I shouldn't have called that out. I get it. I won't. Never mind that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is happening. Yeah, it's an illusion. You didn't see anything. Can I just call out, though, yo, Bryce, the the Euro Rack and the studio setup is looking good back there, man. Yo, man, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a a long time coming. So, but I'm I'm back and. 
enjoying myself, having a good time. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, Shonda and Sean, you guys over there, y'all ready for this weekend? Yes, we are. Ready for it? Yep, yep. Dope, dope. It's going to be a lot of good stuff, and we got a lot of good things and people to talk to. And uh, jumping back up to Ron from Sleepy Circuits, welcome to the show again. And uh, tell us a little bit about, I'm, I'm going to share the screen because I want to show people your new module, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you came to a point where you wanted to design modules and the sort of inception of Sleepy Circuits and what you, you know, what you're working on. Yeah, so uh, I've been working on Sleepy Circuits for, oh gosh, it's been probably like almost two years now. It's been kind of a side thing, and more recently, like now closer to release, I'm trying to make it like the main thing that I'm doing. Uh, overall, it's just I'm like very passionate about audiovisual art and like combining the two. Uh, it's something that's always inspired me the most when I would go out to events and see things. It's like really like that feeling of like things syncing up and like really coming together. Like that that feeling really, really excites me uh, when I see a show, you know, like just that connection. And it really started, you know, I'm a, I'm a computer scientist by like schooling, so I, I'm a programmer. Uh, and I wanted to experiment with video card code and what it's like. So on more than nerdy side, you know, like I wanted to experiment with like programming specifically for video cards. And like I realized that that would allow me to actually create something and like really small and really powerful because I, I was definitely not at a point in my life back when I was in college <laughs> to be able to afford like a multi-thousand dollar video synth. And so, you know, like I'm just the kind of guy who's gonna be like, I'm gonna make my own, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, <laughs> I wanted my video card under voltage control essentially. So it's like, that's where, that's what I wanted to do. And it's been a long time coming and now it's really coming together and it, you know, it feels good. It feels good to be able to actually like give these to people. It's like people get it now. It's great. Yeah. So, so is uh the so your company is Sleepy Circus? Is that more like a one man operation, or you collaborate and work with other folks, or how's that work out? So yeah, Sleepy Circuits. Uh, I, I'm doing, of course, my own modules. I also do some modules for uh, right now, primarily one client. So I do some stuff on contract to like stay afloat. But I'm hoping mm -hmm. to make it mostly my own modules in the future. Uh, it's mostly me, but I also contract out certain little things. But for the most part, like it's just all me right now. Uh, it's kind of a, a strange thing, and it's all. I mean, that's. But this is the the in the Eurorack market and sort of this boutique sense sort of, you know, culture that we're in. That's kind of typical. So I mean, I yeah. I, I, I admire it. I, I commend you for it because it takes a lot of work to get yeah. these things done. Quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so, and, and your module is called the Hypno. It's a voltage controlled digital video system. Tell us a little bit about that for the, the ones of us that, you know, I can't say that I'm super familiar with. I do know that there are Eurorack modules and entire video systems that uh, can be synced up with audio and uh, there's a visual display, but tell us a little more about that idea behind this video system sort of deal. Man, can I jump yeah. in here real quick and say yeah, yeah, that please. module Dope. It looks <laughs> Thank you. It is a, it's a pretty module, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> really dope. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, so there's a couple of things, I guess, just like you're asking kind of like the landscape and like what's out there. Mm -hmm. So LZX, if you guys are familiar with LZX, has been doing like video synthesis for a while. They're primarily in the analog domain. That's where you kind of send waves at your TV and see what comes out on their like old school like CRT tubes. Uh, the digital video synthesis is mostly software and things like this, so things in the computer. Uh, at the time where I started this project, there was actually very, very few things where it's like a digital video system that's actually within a piece of hardware. Uh, mm -hmm. So the issue, I mean, I, I love video since I, I really like, I think it's like a different world really like with analog and digital because you kind of just get different results. Uh, but it's just uh, the the realities of developing this stuff in the in the analog realm is that the hardware becomes very expensive. Uh, mm -hmm. So, like, really, my Hypno is Hypno was like a product and just a cool object that I wanted. I want Hypno to be something that somebody looking at video synthesis can look at and be like. All right, I can play shows with that. Like, or all right, like this is all I need to be able to like improvise some visuals to some music that my friend is playing or my own band, because it's a little, it's a little difficult. Like the the barrier, the informational barrier to entry into doing video art is kind of. It's kind of a lot. <laughs> like, there's like capture cards, video cards, like for yeah. analog modules for video. Actually, like oftentimes, well, not only is it a different voltage range, it's like for uh, analog video, it's zero to one volt, or yeah, it's zero to one volt. It's just only one volt voltage range as opposed to the usual negative five to five volt in Eurorack. Uh, it's also like the power requirements are way more stringent because every time you have like a little uh, some noise coming in, you basically, you get a glitch on the screen. So you right. have to like make sure all your power supplies are very clean. So you actually have to end up paying more for power supplies. Uh, so the nice thing about some doing like kind of digital is like I can kind of go past that like and use all those modern like digital techniques and all these little, you know, phone microprocessors that are becoming cheaper and cheaper and just, you know, have this little thing that I can just plug in with USB and just like get going. And, and, that, and, and that's yeah. what I feel like is the, the key to the module that you have. One, <laughs> it's less expensive than other modules that I've seen. It's one of the more handsome modules of all modules. <laughs> and and um, it's not a huge system. Ken, who, like, uh, uh, we know somebody that got into video synthesis and left other synthesis alone totally. Oh, Winston. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Winston. Uh, you know Winston. Winston we, we chat. Yeah. We chat a lot. Yeah, Winston's a good friend of mine, and, and he kind of... Um, he went off the deep end, as it were, as far as just, uh, <laughs> he, he went, he went full, full hardcore nerd on it and, and just, yeah, he's, he's uh, gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ron, I remember when, uh, when I first met you at, and I was playing Triptronic Research and oh, yeah. he was like, you're like, let me just pull this into your clock for the visual. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then I see you come over with this little box that you had your hypno in and i was like you're doing all that with that yeah. and then like i was like i have to have that like mm -hmm. it's, 
it it is like I when I was at Nobcon and I saw the that table full of amazing gear where people were doing all these visuals and like the setups there were like thousands and thousands of dollars and it's like on top of the rabbit hole of being a Eurorack fanatic for just audio I was like I can't even imagine going in that direction like you said your friends your friend yeah. Winston but this having something <laughs> like this where I could just put next to another module in my case. I was like, that's when I hit you up. I was like, I have to, I have to have this thing. Wow, that yeah. that's dope. That's dope, yeah. Shonda. So l let me ask you this. So like as yeah. a layman, like somebody that has no idea how any of this works. So if you buy your module, how, how would that interface to just basically add video to what I'm doing uh, with my modular? Uh, yeah, so the great thing about Hypno is you literally just drop it in and it's all the same voltage ranges as like the rest of your modular system. So all of these, if you see like CV jacks will work just fine. Uh, so these all, if you see where the lines connect them, these all control the knobs like right on the panel. So when you move the knobs, you can just throw in a voltage. Uh, so a, a common question that I get is like, is it audio reactive? Can I just plug audio into it? Uh, which is ends up being kind of more like a complicated question because like you kind of really get to choose how audio reactive it is. Because mm. uh, it's like one of the things that excited me, well, yeah, I really like, you really can just drop this into your rack and you become an AV system. And mm. basically the same CVs that you have uh, like, uh, informing your composition can now inform your visuals as well, which is very powerful. That's dope. Because uh, it's and like you you split something and like already you have like a story that you're telling that's aligning with the visuals. So it can be audio reactive on like the compositional level as well as just the regular like, oh, I'm plugging audio into this. And you can plug in audio into this. But actually, most of the time, I like to put like an envelope follower on it, or like just smooth out the voltages because it, it's a little too fast for my taste. But mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Maybe some glitchy people would like. It so, what you do at the at the SoCal Nam show? Because I'm, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna share a little video of. Okay. Um, it's when I was performing. Obviously, Bryce was filming, and you had the and Sean was doing audio. Like this is the whole. Okay, this yeah. is dope. This is like a reunion. Kim <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was hosting, and you were doing the video, and I was performing, and, and Sean Bryce was on the Sean was on the boards. Travarsi performed and was hosting and doing just about everything. And don't but, forget, we had Ken there talking shit, doing some MCing. There you go. Yep. Right. <laughs> that, was that was dope. That was dope. Like, that was and good. then I see in the chat, yeah. we have all the rest of the crew in the chat. So yep. Yeah, I love that. So here's the thing. I remember from that night when we were all performing, you asked for a clock from our rig so that you can sync up the uh, the hypno, right? And I'm gonna share a little video right now. Uh, let me fast forward to a point because all the screens in the background here yep. are all like, the hypno is providing that and all I provided him was a clock from, I'm gonna have to jump around here a little bit. There you go, yep. A little yeah. bit. Oh. Uh, but yeah, you just had a clock. Talk about that a little bit. Like, is that all you really need? I heard you talk about an envelope follower. There you go. Yep. Yeah, there you go. You can see a little bit of it. All there was like screens on the wall all around. And the dope thing about it is that it was in perfect time with the music. And people were asking me about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can see people nodding to it. <laughs> to like, oh, that was so dope. That was dope. That was dope. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So like, I usually I grab a clock, just one, and then I have uh, like my Batumi or like stages, like uh, multiplying and dividing. I find that like I'm not just taking a lot of clocks from people just because I don't want like that setup time to be like too hectic. It's already like a hectic time for everyone, and like me sneaking in, usually people are like, oh, "What are you doing here?" Like <laughs> handing them a wire. <laughs> So like uh, I just plug in one clock and then I like multiply it and divide it kind of uh, based on what I want to do. Sometimes if I want to get extra fancy, I do a clock and the main like audio out so that I can like process it and extract the things that I want in my like I usually do like a 42 HP rack with like a few little extra things that I can like change on the fly. Um, but yeah, it's just that. And uh, Hypno has a lot of internal modulation as well. Uh, so I have a question about the yeah. modulation stuff with that. Um, so I know a lot of vi video synthesis stuff um, works well with like really like above audio range uh, frequencies. So does what's the what's the modulation range on this? Does this keep it more in the audio domain and lower, or is it you know up into the megahertz range or what? So the reason uh, analog video synths generally require really, really fast modulation is because what it does is it kind of like scans across the screen really fast. So in order to get like a line on the screen, you basically need to have like a sine wave repeating on every single line of the screen. If you can imagine that, if you have like 640 by 480, like that's like, 480 lines <laughs> so like that is a really fast signal so for hypno it actually generates the visual all at once so it don't you don't need extra extra actually it's beneficial to have extra extra slow modulations in my opinion for stuff like this and that's the reason i put the internal modulations in because i can make those extra extra slow modulations actually even smoother than like any type of hardware input that I could get because that's, that's yeah, the, ADC, the, the ADC would step the conversion. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, that's why the internal modulation was like really good for like really slow movements. Uh, so. And so are you able to like, um, so obviously because it's digital and you, you have these kind of uh, almost presets in it, right? As far as as far as yeah. how you're doing things, are you able to rewrite and do your own in there and and update it and that sort of thing? In terms of the presets, there's no like computer interface for it yet, but uh, you can do presets. So on the interface, if you see my hypno right now, what you're seeing up there is actually a preset. If you hit two of the buttons and you hold them and you hit the third p button, you can actually recall a preset. So I can go back to see I, I'm holding the two bottom ones and then hitting the top one. See, I'm kind of back to the other one. It's going kind of fast though. So maybe I could like slow it down. There you go. Uh, so there is kind of like a little preset in here. And in order to save a preset, you can um, kind of, okay. So I can like change this one up. Let's say I have like um, a different color and then I can hold two buttons and then hold the third one. And then you see a little animation play turns green, that means it's saved. That means when I go to, I know, I'll recall another preset and then now I can go back to that slot. So the third button you hit is uh, the slot you're either saving or recalling. So there's kind of three presets, one for every button. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like three positions yeah. on every button, nice. Yeah. 
I can go over the interface uh, if you would like. Yeah, well. that'd be a great yeah, idea. Yeah, do that. So yeah, so this is the hip now. Let me just go to like I have up one of my presets is just a basic patch right now. So this is the hypno. It's got two sides. It's got kind of A and B. I call those shape A and B. So you can see two lines on screen. You see it's kind of green and blue. Here, let me turn this down because the camera's weird. The colors might be a little weird, by the way, just because it's like going through another camera. But you got two shapes, and you've got the sliders are the frequencies of those shapes. So if I turn one down, it's just gonna disappear completely. So on the left, I have the frequency. I have rotation for that shape, and then I have like the polarization for that shape. So it makes it more circular. And then this button right here is, if you hit it, you have a bunch of different shapes that you could play with. Uh, so this is the same as the case on the other side. So I can bring in the other sort of oscillator or shape. Uh, also rotation, polarization, and then you could change the shape. Man, that's dope. About? Look like a dropout for a sec. Okay, so yeah, you have these two shapes, and the controls in the middle are uh, the kind of master controls for the hypno. So these control uh, the whole frame. Uh, the bottom one is a hue offset. Uh, so. Oh man, did we lose him? Yeah, it looks like we did. I uh, feel like the video synthesis destroyed his his beard. <laughs> <laughs> he hey, modulated that, that, himself that out of place. Oh, okay, there we go. There All we right. go. I dropped out. Hello. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, there you are. I have no idea what happened there. It just <laughs> tells me something went wrong and like and just kicked you out. <laughs> yeah, I, no, really. I was just, I just hit refresh and it was just working again. It's very strange. <laughs> All good. Uh, anyway, that knob is the root hue knob. It'll change both of the colors uh, at the same time, so it instantly changes the like master hue, and then the two the two colors there's like offsets for that hue, and I can show you later how to dial in actually a palette and then kind of move it around with this knob, and the oh. center one is the master gain. So this knob, you can either do positive gain or negative gain. If you see like this is positive, and then the other one is kind of like the flip side of that shape. Yeah. Uh, and so you can see how it kind of starts to bloom a little bit. That's because it starts feeding back into the frame when you go past a quarter way on this knob in either direction. So there's a whole feedback system in here as well, which wow. is a very common technique in analog synthesis. Um, and this knob, th this button in the middle, uh, there's actually a few feedback modes here uh, that are all very different. And then there's a lot more UI that's a little more uh, complicated because when you hold one of these buttons you actually go into an alternate page of controls for so and then these sides if you hold it it kind of turns white and you have an a page of controls that control like the internal modulation so here i can just show it these are kind of they represent pages for shape a and shape b so they're further expansions of what you could do with those shapes uh, all the adjacent stuff is modulation so the bottom slider if you can see it I can move it up and I can make a shape scroll, for example. So those are the internal modulations. Uh, so in the center, it's actually off. And then in either you can make it scroll in either direction. It's kind of strange to demo it like this. Uh, uh, same for like the rotation. So basically what that knob would normally do, if you hold the button and turn it on the adjacent side, it'll start doing modulations to it. 
right. uh, same as the case for the other shape, you know, I can make the other shape scroll as well. Uh, and then the opposite knobs yeah. from the from the are actually like these two become the fractaling controls. So if you hold this button, you see it turns white, uh, and you t turn this. This is the like fractal or mirror amount. So you can uh, add here. This will be more obvious. Whoa, it's going real fast. Slow down there, buddy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you can control like how many times it mirrors the shape into like insane fractals. Oh, and then there's a rotation for the axis of those fractals. Uh, so, and you can do that with any of the shapes. So there's there's a lot in there. And you there's, you know, with both shapes, you can do it uh, individually per shape. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the, the center controls become the hue and saturation offset for that shape. So if you have uh, two colors, let's see. Uh, you can uh, you can offset one of the colors, so you can kind of dial in a palette that you like, and then here it's a little weird with the screen. You see now both of them are kind of greenish, and then once you have a palette dialed in that you like, you can actually uh, don't hold the button anymore, hit the hue knob, and it'll change the master hue, so it'll offset that whole palette uh, so. across. Uh, you know, so so you dial in a relationship, and then this one can kind of give you like a a mood change of that palette. So it can also like be completely desaturated in black and white as well. So that's kind of how you go deeper into the colors. Uh, okay. All of that combined with the fact that you could also patch the shapes into each other by holding one button. And if you could see there's like a green LED and then a red LED, green means something is patched into that part of the system. Red means that it's not patched into that part of the system. Uh, the, the two uh, buttons represent the two oscillators. So here, let me let me go back to like a simple patch so I could show this. So you see you have two lines right now. Uh, if I patch shape A into shape B, I'm going to hold this button right here and then press this. It's going to turn green. Uh, you can see how I'm getting like a new shape here because it's one of the sine waves is feeding into the other sine wave. So now I have this more complex shape. And the slider under that button then becomes the magnitude of that uh, kind of patch point. So in the center, it's actually like almost like zero. And then you can do a positive or negative. So you kind of have like this attenuverter of the modulation to use the kind of your rep jargon. That's uh, dope. So, it's not like when you when you throw an LFO on an audio signal that you can uh, uh, make it stronger and have a, 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 a larger LFO wave or just kind of dial it in just a bit to the yeah. signal. So you're kind of doing that, but visually with, with yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, so that combined <clears throat> with the fractaling and there's actually a whole another page of like the center page is kind of like the feedback control. I could show that as well. Uh, so you so you can see like just with the shapes, you already have like a lot of possibility space in terms of what kind of shapes you can get out of these things. Because you have the five shapes, you have the fractaling controls, you have the modulations, and you have feedback. like patching. Uh, you can okay. So and then the other patch here, you can actually take an oscillator out of the frame, which. Seems odd, but it's actually a very requested feature that I got because uh, sometimes you just want one of the oscillators to just be like a modulation oscillator for the other one. So as you can see, it remains the modulation oscillator. 
but it's not actually in the frame. So if you want to do just one complex shape and just have like underlying oscillator that you can't see, you can do that too. Yep. So I can put that back into the frame. Uh, yeah, the center button is is when you hold it, you actually get deeper into the feedback controls. So if I hold this center button, it's a little difficult while I'm holding it up. You can you can see now it's like feeding back. It's kind of leaving trails. Let me see if I can patch something in that's like very obvious here. Okay. So you see how it kind of leaves a trail behind it. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, so if I hold the center button, that like all of these controls kind of become the controls for how the feedback frame works. So. Uh, if I hold this and use the center button, this is actually the zoom. So you could see how the feedback can go like in inward. You're gonna like flying into it, or like you're like flying the other way. No, oh, that's dope. <laughs> so you get some pretty sweet like three D effects out of that. Yeah, I have, and, I have a I have a quick yeah. question about. Yeah, uh, please. So obviously everything is generated within the module, right? Uh, all the visuals. Yeah. Um, just I was kind of thinking, just like. Uh, how difficult would it be to implement like outside video, like, you know, uh, maybe just raw like impact video and add that in and manipulate like have it mapped that onto it or whatever. Yeah. Like SD card or something. How, how difficult would it be to add like a, you know, um, impact video? Yeah. It's, it's not, impossible let's just say i'm working on it it's like if for this product it was not within the scope of like i just i wanted to get something out there where people would be like all right yep. i get it like mm -hmm. so sure. synthesis yep. was really a little bit more straightforward for this product but let's just say it's it's like the no, number one or two question that i yep. get gotcha. so gotcha. it's yep. definitely some something to do that specifically is is coming Got <laughs> because it. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. it's gonna if if I'm gonna make something like that, I would not make it in this interface. Uh, like yeah, I would, this is I would, deceptively yeah. deep as it is. I mean, like you're showing all these alternate modes and all. Um, the only thing about that 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 concerns me, which it, it's a double edged sword, is of course remembering all these shift functions, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy how deep it goes. It, it I wasn't expecting it to be that deep just by looking at the front panel. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I tried to lay it out logically. I I mean, people say that once you start working with it, it's not too bad. Uh, I mean, I guess that depends on the person, though. So that's not something that I can claim. Uh, I hope to make it as easy as possible. I'm going to be releasing like these little like one minute quick videos like for Instagram over the like next week. So mm -hmm. uh, that should be a nice reference. I I'm also and I mean, there's a whole manual. And, there's and a quick start. Guide. By the way. Uh, oh, that's actually my. Oh, yeah, it is my Instagram. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll change it. I do have a quick question about the interfacing. So, I obviously, you, you we talked about how it has Eurorack interfacing and audio inputs and that sort of thing that you can do to it. Um, yeah. But I also noticed I was looking at the website, and it says that you can interface with MIDI as well. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about how the MIDI interfacing works with it? Yeah, I, I don't have it set up to do MIDI right now, but if you see this uh, USB on the front, that USB port is very powerful. Uh, you can actually, if you ha if you get one of these cheap converters online, I don't want to sell them because it's like, well, you know, I don't want to like 
have to upcharge on that. That's kind of silly. Uh, you know, you plug in one of these, and usually Ned and I have like our standard USB A port. So I use this a lot with my OPZ channel 16. There's a little chart on the manual of like what everything does. So hmm. if you're like Ron, you put too many button combos into this interface. Like, you know, you can just attach some sliders into it and just uh, map out the sliders to oh, whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, so, it, and it's awesome. So, if you have an Electron or an OPZ, something like that, where it's like you have the sequencer going for music, and you you can also have that so you same could sequencer map something like this to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You could like take that thing and map like channel sixteen to like the numbers are it's just a little chart and you can just That's map dope. your favorite functions if you want and mm. uh so yeah, yeah it's great because it's then then when you have like a whole sequencer going it's like you can change patterns and then like your whole visual like you can really dial it in like and change like, like okay i'm gonna have it like this very specific visual for this part of the track and like mm -hmm. you can pre-program like there's like really intense av things i, I haven't gotten around to like creating the whole performance like that, but it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really cool way to work. Because especially yeah. now you have so many things that you could do presets across CV and then cross media. You could literally launch a preset for a different song or a different section of the song and then yeah. go back if you wanted to with, with like that kind of MIDI yeah. capability. It's crazy. It's really dope. Yeah, with with MIDI, it's actually even a little bit easier than CV because it's like I'm not limited to how much space there is on the physical panel. You know, you yeah. can just MIDI and whatever. That's, that's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so in, in my ignorance, I just want to address this real quick. Um, can we talk about how he's holding a single module in one hand in a case? Like, can, can we? Is there, is there, yeah. Actually, I do want to talk about the case. Yeah. yeah. What's so the case, case is a, the case is a little add-on that I kind of came up with. Well, first of all, for myself, you know, because so I'll pick up another module, so it's a little easier to show. The side has uh, an HDMI and a micro USB port. So this is another USB port. So it can get power from this USB port, this micro USB, or the side micro USB. Uh, so you don't need a Eurorack power supply to use this. So this kind of works standalone just fine. And it's, you know, it's a nice compact little guy. You, you know, I guess kind of Did you 3D print the case? So that's something that's included with it? Uh, so there's actually like there's like a little drop down. It's a 3D printed case. I'm just kind of making uh, yeah. them. Yeah, there you go. You got the graphic up. <laughs> so it's Come a little add-on that I'm doing. I'm just kind of producing them in-house. I have a 3D printer actually behind this TV. <laughs> so I'm kind of just like I'm making them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I include the cable and the power bricks. So you know, I wanted everybody to be able that's to That's brilliant. That's, I think that's really dope. Because what you're getting here is you're getting uh, something that's either standalone yep. or something you could throw in your case. And yeah. either way, I could see it being convenient. The only thing I would think is if you threw it in your case, you lose the HDMI side and the USB side. But somebody in the comments yeah. just mentioned that uh, they have it in their case that they just drilled a little hole perfect for the HDMI inside uh, of it. Yeah, <laughs> you can do that. I know that's not an elegant solution. I'm actually <laughs> trying to figure out how to like expand it. It's just that I, I like the the inner the panel is a little too small to put a giant HDMI on the front. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't yeah, mind that. I mean, the out. fact that you provide a case that makes it easy to have to mm -hmm. kind of use yeah. that as a standalone well, unit. I mean, it's no bigger than a, a guitar pedal. Yeah. It's white. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, it's very light. light. It's plastic on the back, so. Yeah. And, but it, but the composite jack is on the front, so there is a video input out on the front as well. Okay, it's, so there you go. It's just I couldn't fit all of the video outputs on the front. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another thing that the USB port is great for. So not only does it do, it's like a host, it's also a device, uh, which means that you can actually plug this in directly to your computer and it will stream video to your computer. Oh, uh, I actually have a yeah. tutorial up online now. So something like UBS, OBS Studio, which is a free piece of software, you can just hit record on it, which is awesome because it's like, if you know anything about like analog video stuff, it's like you have to get a capture card and then, you know, most of those capture cards are kind of crap. You know, I, I actually have a few capture cards that I don't mm -hmm. use because I, I don't like what they, I don't like the way they look because, you know, it's, it's, and they're all like super expensive. Mm -hmm. So you can actually like plug this into your computer and just record and like I do, you know, post every day, Amazing. post a visual every day on my account. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No, you can do that with yeah. That's that is dope. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to share when we were advancing the details for the uh, SoCal uh, Nam party, and I was told that you were doing visuals, and you were like, "Oh, I need an HDMI cable." I thought you were going to show up. Like we were advancing all the details. I was like, "All right, he needs a large space to set up all his like <laughs> laptop and like you know whatever he's going to need," and then you show up with, with this. You know, engineers in front of house people or anybody at the club. Like, if you just have, like, yo, I gotta do. You know, it's it's a really cool yeah. visual. It's amazing. Yeah, dope, dope. yeah, and that, I yeah. think that's a good point to make, Sean, because you know, and I even told you, Ron, when I saw that, I was like, yo. When I think of video synthesis, I think these huge systems and a Euro rack the size of your Euro rack, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then spending yeah, I mean, the amount of money on one thing, and yeah. and it, and it seems like, and then there's all these things that I felt like that there's stuff to learn and figure out this whole new thing. After we've all kind of got on this journey of Eurorack, I'm like, oh, another thing to learn. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And more stuff to haul to a show. Uh, but then to see <laughs> this, that makes it totally, totally different. I mean, and yeah. the amount of power just to take an output and throw it into whatever system. And, and I'm going to tell you, that room that we were in at NAMM, there were 50-inch screens around the entire circumference. No joke. No joke. It was incredible, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and this little sports module. Bars. Yeah, sports bar. It was, <laughs> it was just kind of dope to see that all that power coming from the palm of, of your hand with this little yeah. device. Yeah, dope. with the design, it was a bit of a balancing act because it's like I want to be able to give people something that's like compact and powerful enough that people feel like really confident that they can go deep enough that they can play a whole show. Uh, but I, you know, I also don't want to make it too complicated because it is meant for new users. Mm -hmm. So like, this is what I landed on. I hope it's not too complicated. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, either way, it's like, I'm trying to work on like getting all the info out there. Oh, I actually just posted up, like I have a forum now. So oh, if nice. people have questions, I encourage people to go ask questions about that or just anything like AV. I know it's kind of a weird space, like uh, a lot of questions. You know, I, I thought maybe like recently uh, there's been a lot of like talk about webcams, of course, with all this like virus business. Uh, so like 
just like if I can help in any way people like get started or just like figure stuff out, whether it is related to hypno or not, you know, I'm happy to do it. I just kind of want to build a community and more information around it because it's just it's something that I love and I want people to be able to participate in. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Well, yeah, I can I can really appreciate what you've done, man. And I mean, I, I feel like you've taken this complicated beast of video synthesis and distilled it down into something that's easy to deal with. And but it's a like Ken said, it's a deceptively complex module with a simple interface. So I feel like yeah. what the magic in that is you it's simplified so you could get into it, but you can make it as complex so you could dig in as deep as you want. Yeah, you know sure. I mean? yeah, yeah. At that show, I don't know if you remember, there was just the guy who was like, "Can I play?" I'm like, "Go for it!" <laughs> and he was just like moving on the knobs to the beat and like having an awesome time, and it looked great. And like he was doing stuff that I probably wouldn't have. So, yeah. hey, so, so, right. so that 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 brings me to kind of a question. I, I I know earlier you mentioned slower modulation works kind of better, like if it's kind of like maybe on autopilot. So. Uh, if you were to have, ideally, would it be best to have somebody kind of manipulating Hypno and you on your Eurorack or just um, like maybe send just a slow modulation um, signal to Hypno? Like, ideally, how do you how do you view that? That's that whole situation. I mean, of course, the way you patch it is up to you, but uh, the way I have done it like i of course make visuals for other people all the time if i'm making visuals for a bunch of other performers i just give them a, probably maximum i would give them is a clock and a thing and then process it in some system in some modulation thing to like make it just what i want for the visual that i'm doing at the time if i'm doing uh like an av system i pop hypno in there and i'll like i said before i'll split out some of the like fundamental lfos and shapes that are creating my compositions and my sounds and also patch them into hypno so that if i'm changing a piece of the audio system i also changing the visuals at the same time and i it's like because it can be kind of difficult to split your attention between the visuals and the audio i'm not very good at it yet but i'm getting there just mostly because i wasn't really able to do it because i usually play just like one row of your rack and now it's like great because i literally can just pop this thing in and have an av system before i could like not do that <laughs> at all <laughs> uh, or it's like you know i didn't want to bring a whole another case not that i even have a case of like lzx but it, it's it's uh, it's a different flavor i so i mean it's a complicated question just because like you could patch it in so many ways and get creative with it you, so could you, even probably, do get it. To, you probably get to a point where you kind of have your preference of patching and and what works so you probably have to kind of play around with it uh a yeah. little bit huh? that's yeah. interesting I guess a few good starting points probably is like these two on the ends are like our trigger inputs for the shapes. So they will cycle through the shapes. That's a really good way to really quickly get into some nice, like satisfying rhythmic changes because to the beat, you could have a boom, boom, boom. And it's just, you know, changing the shape every single uh, time. Yep. Uh, so that's an easy way to get into it. And then, I mean, literally any of these patch points will, will do something for you. If it's any, any way related to the audio that you're playing, it's going to look good. Plus you kind of get the benefit of the doubt with visuals because uh, a lot of times people will just associate the visuals to the audio anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so yeah. You know, mistakes are probably more forgiven in in visual than they would be if there's a off key 
oscillator, out of tune oscillator, right? <laughs> well, I think it, it might get less forgiving with, or I think definitely right now it is because I don't think mm-hmm. people see this type of thing very often. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just cause, like <clears throat> things that are like actually synced, like, like on that level, on like this really like primordial level of like synthesis. Like, I, I mean, I don't see that very often. Which is mm-hmm. why I made this. I want to be able to see it more often. So that and, that's a, yeah. another question I have for you, Ron, because I feel like the market is kind of just wide open for this stuff. And I only saw a couple. One, your your product is unique, and for all the reasons that I've said, it's not this huge system. It's it's a self contained sort of thing that you could throw in your rack or have its own case. But then you got Critter and Guitar's new thing. Somebody was asking about that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And then you also have the Op Z. Uh, beyond that, I don't know that there's a lot of that stuff yeah. out there that's kind of easy to grasp, get your hands on, and implement. Yeah, <laughs> what do you think about the other stuff like that? O- yeah. OPZ. I, I, I haven't. Uh, I have an OPZ, and it's quite complicated to get yeah. into because it's like it uses Unity, which is a game engine. So you have to like know a whole game mm. engine in order to create visuals for it. Yeah. So it's almost like I was like, oh, that's too hard. You know, like you, if you have an OPZ, like this is a great way because that's why it's on channel 16, actually. That's like my OG way of like using it. It's like you I literally plug an OPZ <laughs> and that video channel becomes your op- your, your hypno modulations. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. Uh, so yeah, yeah, people are mentioning other things. So yeah, there's also things like structure. Uh, the structure is really cool because it's kind of like it lets you do some of this stuff, but like it's I really think it's more for like programmers and coders and people looking into uh, coding their own shaders, which is like a whole world of complexity, which is awesome, but it's not exactly who I was like going for with this stuff. I really wanted that power of shaders that you get with something like structure, but like an interface that just feels like, okay, this is like the instrument and there's like a possibility space that I'm exploring, you know, just like it's like DAW versus um, synth module. It's like you have a specific mm-hmm. possibility space that you know and is satisfying to play. You, you, you know what this reminds me of? Um, I started out making beats on a, a PlayStation, right? There was a game called oh, yeah? Music Generator. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And it, okay. it had a mode where you would you could move over to visuals, and they looked a lot like this. So, like you you could create a beat or whatever, and then like uh, you I don't know if you press like a right trigger or whatever, and then it would go into like something like this where it would actually like you know generate visuals um, you know <clears throat> to what you made. So this yeah. reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, kind of like a visualizer that with like really detailed control <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah obviously yours is more uh, way more detailed but yeah yep. yeah 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 so yeah i guess what other products are there yeah structure is cool it's more expensive it's probably for a more of a niche use case uh the new critter and guitar thing is in many way in some ways i guess similar to what i'm doing uh i think it's different I'm not, pers- personally, I was never totally happy with, they have their own aesthetic going, so I guess if people like that sort of thing, they can go for that, and that's great. Uh, for me, personally, I was looking to create a slightly different ex- aesthetic. I was like, like this, like, I don't know, I kind of see it as kind of like, more like overly computer graphics. I also wanted more like 3D-esque things in there. None of this, by the way, is actually 3D. It's like faux 3D <laughs> because it just feeds back shapes and stuff and makes stuff look like more 3D. I can also like turn it. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
So yeah, there, there's there's a few things out there. It's becoming more more of a thing. I hope it becomes more of a thing. I mean, it, it's great. It's a great time. It's not like you know the great thing about stuff like like Eurac. It's like if you have other people doing it, people are just more interested in like your stuff. So yeah, I mean, and that, yeah. So that, that's exactly why I brought it up because I think. You know, um, the market is always a little better for all parties when there's other things out there in the market. And what, what I think is dope is that OBZ has its, its its own thing. And like you said, you named the differences and the Critter and Guitari thing is it's sort of its own thing. And then you've made something that's accessible to those that may be more prone to Eurorack and stuff like that. So yeah, I kind of think they all kind of that. It's like a little market brewing. And I love that. I think that's what's yeah. dope about it. Yeah. Um, so, and actually we are down to like five minutes and I think we should okay. probably close out unless anybody has anything okay. in closing they want to say. Well, and I do want to say one thing. Yeah. I do now, because I just sent out the pre-orders. I do now have a few of these in stock if anybody wants one. It's a limited amount still. I'm slowly rolling them out, especially with like the world situation. It's been a little slow to produce, mm -hmm. but there are a few in stock. So go buy one. Help me make more of these things. <laughs> and where can they find you at? They can go to uh, sleepycircuits.com. Sleepy yeah. All right, cool. And before well, we get out of here, right now, yeah. just out of curiosity. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, 600 just for the module, and uh, it's an added 20 for like the standalone pack, which gets you the case, the mm. wire, the power brick. So the accessories you will need to be able to gotcha. run in standalone. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. yep. And as we uh, prepare to get out of here and jump to the next feed, like I said, this is the uh, Sense Society Summit weekend. And so we would like you to go to the Southern California Sense Society uh, YouTube page. You could just type that into the search, SoCal Sense Society, and then you'll see what's going live and what's coming up next. And be sure to join all of the feeds throughout the rest of the weekend. Next up is Ali Modular doing a patch from scratch. So if you know Ali Modular, uh, brother Ali, he gets on and he does mod bap modular synthesis with hip hop and kind of plays it all. So, uh, actually, I'm not even sure if it's, it's, it's or if it's some stuff that he's prepared and then he's gonna kind of de uh construct it all. But, uh, yeah, hop over to that feed and I'll see you over there. And yo, Ron, thanks for coming on, man. It's been a blast. I'm glad we finally got a chance to get you on. We've been talking about awesome. it for a while. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. so thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining the feed. See y'all on the next ones. Yep. Yeah. Peace out, everybody. Yeah. All right. Oh, before we go, the next yeah. Beat People podcast, episode 67, is going to be Wednesday night at 6. And that's going to be the classic MPC show. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to have Ricky Tinez on there. Uh, yep. Flux will be there. D Still will be there. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll be talking about, yo, classic MPCs. What is the All appeal? All things MPC. All things Ooh. MPC. And we're going to talk <laughs> about why it's still so appealing and why it's so dope. But for now, jump over to the SoCal Center Society page and see what the next feed is. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace out, guys. See you in a minute, Thank guys. You.